Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance, and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, are now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today, save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. In North Carolina, the first African-American lieutenant governor, he went to Congress at a House hearing, and he lit him up. I mean, it was it was an amazing moment, uh, amazing speech regarding voting rights. It was before the House uh, Judiciary Subcommittee addressing these claims by the left that voter ID is racist. As you know, Joe Biden's been claiming, well, this is Jim Crow 2.0 in his state of Delaware. Five hundred years he's represented that state. He's never once reformed. Uh, made more accessible the voting laws in his state of Delaware, or as he once said, my state's a slave state. But Joe Biden is out there criticizing Georgia voting, uh, the new Georgia voting law, 17 days of early in-person voting. In Delaware, zero. Zero. Uh, you need an excuse to get an absentee ballot in, in Delaware. Not Georgia. Every single precinct in Georgia has a drop box. And both states require voter ID. And he, you know, how dare he play the race card the way he's been doing it. And he's done it three times now that we've counted. Anyway, so this is the lieutenant governor. Mark Robinson is his name. We'll meet him in a second of uh, North Carolina before this subcommittee. Today, we hear Georgia law being compared to Jim Crow. The black voices are being silenced and the black voices are being kept out. How? By bullets? By bombs? By nooses? No. By requiring a free ID to secure the vote. Let me say that again. By requiring a free ID to secure the vote. How absolutely preposterous. Am I to believe that black Americans who have overcome the atrocities of slavery 
who were victorious in the civil rights movement and now sit in the highest levels of this government could not figure out how to get a free ID to secure their votes. That they need to be coddled by politicians because they don't think we can figure out how to make our voices heard. Are you kidding me? The notion that black people must be protected from a free ID to secure their votes is not just insane, it is insulting. Just a few days ago, excuse me, uh, uh, and let me tell you something about this. This doesn't have anything to do with justice. This has everything to do with power. Wow. Anyway, joining us now, the lieutenant governor of the great state of North Carolina, by the way, the first African-American lieutenant governor of, of that great state. Sir, it's an honor to have you on the program. How come we, where have you been? Why have I not, why have you not been on our radar yet and as a guest often? Well, there's been a couple of times, and I think uh, some things uh, jumped in front of us, some bigger news stories jumped in front of us, but I'm honored to be here uh, for this first time, and I hope to be back again at some point. Well, I love North Carolina. I have a lot of friends down there, um, as you may know. And, uh, you know, I watched this moment, and I was so grateful to you for, for sharing that. Now, I just gave the comparison of Georgia their new voting law versus the restrictive laws in states like Delaware and states like New York. And it's far less restrictive in Georgia and it's far more accessible in Georgia. At the end of the day, when Joe Biden, who's represented this state of his for 500 years, something like that, he's about 500 years old, um, makes that statement, that incendiary Jim Crow 2.0, like he once said, they're going to put you all back in chains and you ain't black. And the same guy, interestingly, that even partnered with a former Klansman to stop the integration of schools and school busing. That would be Robert Byrd, who we praised, the former Klansman, and didn't want our schools to become racial jungles. We're going to get lectured by him and he's going to with his restrictive state laws on voting. Absolutely. You know, when you think of Joe Biden, when you think of the left, one word comes to mind every time, and that is hypocrisy. They are experts on hypocrisy, uh, whether it be the racial jungle comment or the, we're gonna, they're going to put y'all back in chains or you ain't black comment. Joe Biden's political career is rife not just with making racist statements, but fighting for racist policies and how dare this man now stand like he's, he's, he's forgotten that and claim to be this justice, this uh, champion for racial justice. He is anything but, and that needs to be pointed out. And uh, while I'm talking on that subject as well, I think there were many people that were speaking during that hearing yesterday who were quite irritated by what I said. And nothing could make me uh, feel uh, warm deep down inside but because of it. You know, I, I love the, the strong local leaders and states that go to Washington and, and do exactly what you did because you it's kind of how I feel about many people in Washington, the swamp, the sewer. I don't respect them. I don't think a lot of them are honorable. I don't think they're consistent. You mentioned the word hypocrisy. You're sir. You're 100 percent right. And it reeks with hypocrisy. And they, they it's so many get get caught up in, in the quicksand of that swamp, and it's so despicable, then in comes, you know, here you are, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, and you don't care. You're going to tell them the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you did it. Well, you know, it's just another one of those things that I think points out to what we really need to start doing in this country. You know, these guys that go to Washington, D.C., and I told them this yesterday, they sit up high and they look low. They think they know better than us. 
They think they know what's right for our states, what's right for the people. Uh, it is time for us to stand up and push back against the federal government. The federal government has stepped out of its bounds. It did it decades ago, and they continue to do it uh, at an increasingly alarming rate. You know, there was one time I was having a conversation with someone, and I, I told him, I said, you know that annoying coworker at work who's never on task, who's always behind in his own work, who never knows what's going on at his own desk, but he's always at somebody else's business, always at somebody else's desk, and always trying to take someone else's job? That is the federal government. That is a good description of what they do. They are never on task with what they should be doing, and they're always trying to take over things they shouldn't be. We see it all the time. We see it with education, and now we're seeing it with, with voting rights. That should be left up to and prescribed to the states to carry out. Are there national voting laws that we need to have? Absolutely, yes. But they absolutely that they, they, there should be. But we should not be allowing the federal government to reach in and dictate a, a, a partisan wish list uh, upon the state so for the purposes of trying to keep one party in power. Lieutenant Governor, I think there are four things that every state needs to have so we can have confidence in the results of our elections and integrity in the system. One is voter picture ID, right? You need that to get into the White House, to get into the DNC, to get into the Capitol, to buy a six-pack of beer, to buy a pack of cigarettes, to buy a jewel pod, for crying out loud. All right, that's one. Signature verification is two. We need to have a very rigid standard for chain of custody that that partisan observers be able to watch that, that those ballots and they can't be tampered with. And partisan observers, it's the statutory language in most states, get to watch, really watch, not like this past election year, the vote counting to make sure that people are being honest, hold them accountable. That's right. Anything you would add to That's that? Right. I would add this, too, as well. Oh, well, not necessarily to that list. But this is what I would add to that. I would add this. Yesterday during the hearing, I kept hearing all of this. And these guys, they love to use these these phrases, you know, Jim Crow 2.0. And there's another one they use, the big lie by Donald Trump. What about the big lie of Russia, Russia, Russia? You know, they were talking about election fraud, and they had not a leg to stand on, and they beat that horse absolutely to death. And, you know, uh, driving home today, I, I was thinking about this. I said, you know, when you talk about election integrity, it should be done not just for what we've seen during the 2020 election with the debacle of mail-in voting and a lot of the other debacles that we saw across the country, but it should also be done to put to bed the specter of things like Russia, 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 and any other speculation that we have because of the American voting system. America is the greatest constitutional republic in the world, the greatest nation in the world. We should have the cream of the crop when it comes to uh, elections. There should be absolutely almost no question about the integrity of our, of our election. And you are absolutely right. I firmly believe that starts with showing a state-issued photo ID. Let me ask you this. If if Laura Trump, I know her name's been out there, I know McGrory's name's been out there, um, have you thought about at all running for this open seat in North Carolina for the United States Senate? Because I'd love to see you if you became a senator from North Carolina, that would be awesome. We did. We we took a very hard look at that seat. Uh, we ran some poll numbers, actually, on that seat, and, it, and they came back very favorable. But ultimately, we decided that what we're doing in North Carolina is going to be far more valuable for the people of our state. Uh, I feel like I'm on a very good track right now. If I continue to do what I'm doing, some of the things that I'm doing, the uh, anti-indoctrination uh, task force that I put together here in North Carolina for our public schools. I'm going to ask a and, favor. Yes. Don't, don't close the door to it. 
<laughs> I want you. I, I'm serious. Would you please just keep an open mind about it for a little while? Well, I, you know, I've already said no to the Senate. I've already publicly said no to the Senate. But, um, uh, you know, with God, anything's possible. Who knows what may happen down the road? But I've already made a public statement saying I'm, I'm going to stay in North Carolina. Uh, I know there were a lot of folks that wanted me to run for that seat, but I feel like I have obligations here in this state that I need to fulfill. But I certainly appreciate your vote. But you'd be able to serve in a larger capacity, and I think I think people understand that, you know, the right circumstances. I'm not sure who's going to run. I mean, there are good people that are considering it, but I but you would be in my, my top three for sure. Easy, well, right off the I, top. I, I sure appreciate the vote of confidence, but like I said, I think we have decided that we're going to stay put in North Carolina, but, you know, um, it's crazier things that, that that have happened, and it certainly would be crazy if I decided to run for that seat because I have no plans whatsoever to do that right now. Well, it would be pretty amazing. Um, you know, let me ask you this. Why is it that states like New York, California, you know, if you notice liberal Democrats, they now want to double. I don't know if you've seen this, that Joe Biden's plan for uh, the capital gains tax increase, he wants to take it. From from twenty per twenty three percent to forty three point four percent, on top of right. raising the income tax rates dramatically. What right. do you see right. that doing to the economy? Well, of course, it's going to destroy the economy. Of course, it's going to destroy uh, the average American right across the board because they try to say it's going to what's going to destroy the super rich, but we don't ever see that, do we? Their bad policies don't ever destroy the, the Michael Bloomberg's of the world. They don't ever destroy the. Um, they don't ever, ever uh, destroy the, the Cuomo's of the world. They don't ever destroy the Biden families of the world. They destroy ordinary folks who get up and go to work every day. That's who those policies are destroying. I've said this once, and I've said it a thousand times. The ultimate goal of these socialists is to create a society that is two-layered, elites on the top and everybody else on the bottom. That is their ultimate goal. We have seen it in society after society after society. We cannot tolerate that here in the United States of America. And we have seen these plans literally bring states and cities to their needs. I plan to do everything I can to make sure that North Carolina is not one of those. All right, quick break. More with the lieutenant governor, great state of North Carolina, Mark Robinson. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more from Mark Robinson in the years ahead. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, everybody, your friend Sean Hannity here with a message that is all about your safety. Now, when it comes to protecting yourself, your loved ones, well, it's not about having a firearm. It's about understanding the continuum of force philosophy. Now, picture this. A situation arises where you or a loved one are threatened. Now, instinct may drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. Now, what if there was a way to effectively defend yourself, de-escalate a situation, without the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter Burner, B-Y-R-N-A. It is the less lethal pistol launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate attackers for up to 40 minutes. Burner is legal in all 50 states. No background check is required and can be shipped right to your door. Now, Burner is proudly American, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner.com slash Hannity. Right now, you'll get 10% off. That's B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Hannity. Well, even one of uh, fake news CNN's, I guess one of their, their medical pundits, somebody that works for fake news CNN, had the same observation that I did and said it was really bad optics and 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 questioned why when the speech was given to both houses of Congress, there were only... 200 people in a chamber that holds 1600, especially since everybody that works in the House and the Senate and Washington, they have been given every opportunity to be vaccinated since early, well, late December of last year. So in other words, Biden is now out there saying yesterday, saying, well, Americans should keep wearing masks, even if they're vaccinated, it's their patriotic responsibility for God's sake. That's his quote. I'm like, well, hang on a second, because my understanding was as they and I refuse to tell people what to do because I'm not a doctor. You know, I bring on doctors to interview them so that you can make an informed decision for yourself. Hear different viewpoints, some that I agree with, some that I might disagree with. But at least you get to get some some context and texture to the you must get vaccinated crowd out there and i'm a believer in science and i'm not anti-vax at all not one bit of me is i just want i just don't feel it's my position as a talk show host i don't know anything about your medical condition and i'm also a believer in medical privacy i don't think you should have to answer everyone's question all the time are you vaccinated Okay, that the idea is you get vaccinated to protect yourself if it's the right decision for you in consultation with your doctor. And I urge people to do all their research on their own, get as much information as possible, 
consult with as many doctors that you might have or people that you trust that are doctors or medical researchers or scientists that you have faith in. And then based on your medical condition and consultation with your doctor, you make an informed decision. And, you know, I'm, I am grateful that, okay, well, we do have three vaccines. I've read the efficacy um, response of, on all three of them. I suggest you read it as well. Anyway, somehow this is now, so it, it just is a little odd that it, Biden is saying if you're vaccinated, you should keep wearing your masks. It's your patriotic responsibility. And if everybody was vaccinated in the House and the Senate or at least had access to it, and if they want to keep people in mass, I guess they can indoors. He's saying even outside half the time. They can't make up their mind on that. The National Park Service in South Dakota denied South Dakota's request to hold the fireworks display at Mount Rushmore. Now, Governor Kristi Noem says she's suing the Biden administration over their decision to allow the 4th of July fireworks at Mount Rushmore this year. They deny the state request to hold this fireworks display citing concerns about COVID-19 and tribal objections and potential danger to the park itself. Anyway, this lawsuit is moving forward. Uh, Governor Christy Noma, South Dakota, joins us now. How are you? Hi, Sean. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, I think it's important to remind people you never put any mandate in place at all. You urged people to be smart in your state, but you didn't mandate anything. You didn't mandate mask wearing, social distancing, but you told people in South Dakota that this is what the science at this moment, it often changed, was telling us to do, right? That's exactly right. Yes, we didn't do any mandates. We talked about personal responsibility, trusting people to make the best decisions for them, their families and their businesses. In fact, we were the only state that never once closed a single business, church, issued a shelter place, or did any kind of a mandate. So... You know, the people here in South Dakota just have gotten through this remarkably well, and we have the fastest-growing economy in the nation now, I believe, because of it. Everybody who wanted to have a little freedom in the last year, they came to South Dakota, moved, spent their money, took their vacation, and uh, it's we're doing really well. So let's talk about the Parks National Park Service denial of this request to have a fireworks display. Well, it's just punitive and political. Uh, you know, we we had had fireworks on July 3rd, the night before Independence Day, every year for many years until President Obama came into office. And then he took them away, said that there was environmental concerns. So one of the things when I first got elected as governor was I asked President Trump to help me bring them back. It's our one chance to really show off South Dakota, but also focus on Mount Rushmore, our founding fathers, and really talk about our nation's independence uh, on a worldwide scale. Everybody could see the show uh, when we had the fireworks display because there was nothing like it. President Trump did help us get the fireworks back. We did all kinds of environmental studies. We jumped through all the hoops that the federal government wanted us to. We we studied our water quality. We worked with our tribes. We went through all of the fire concerns, did backburning, and signed a memorandum of agreement. Hell hosted the fireworks last year. Now this year, we already had that agreement in place, yet the Biden administration, when they came in, refused to give us our permit, even though we had already shown and done all of the work and had the memorandum signed. Uh, and with no reason to tell us of why they were denying us the opportunity to host this show. So my only 
ability to really try to get fairness on this issue is to sue them. And that is what I'm doing on behalf of, you know, frankly, our state, but our nation and the ability to celebrate our independence the way that our founders encouraged us to. It's pretty outrageous. You've, you've jumped through every hoop, uh, the environmental concern issue. In this case, though, they specifically cited concerns about COVID-19. Uh, now, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm onto something if even a fake news CNN medical expert and paid medical analyst says the same thing about the joint speech to Congress the other day that, that Biden gave and everybody was in masks and the social distancing that we all saw. With the idea, I th- I thought my understanding, Governor, is that if if you get vaccinated, uh, you're good to go, and life was supposed to get back to normal. That doesn't seem normal to me. And now he's saying, even if you're vaccinated, it's your patriotic duty to keep wearing masks. And up until this week, we were told that we even needed masks outdoors. Still, yeah, they're not using science. Um, it's actually it's just stupid. And that's what's so hard about what we see our federal government doing right now. We hosted this event last year. I had thousands of people there. Over 7,500 people there did no social dance distancing. We did hand out masks if people wanted them, but we didn't mandate them. We did contact tracing. We had people from all over the country come to Mount Rushmore to celebrate our nation's independence. And we did not see any cases and spread happening because of bringing those people together because they were careful and smart. And I told people over and over again, I said, if you are scared, stay home. And even President Biden has stood up in front of us and told us that by July 4th, we should be back to normal and we could celebrate our independence from this virus. What better way to do that than by gathering everybody at Mount Rushmore to celebrate our nation's independence? I couldn't agree with you more. Tell me about the process where uh, I'm sure you've spoken at length with, with the attorneys representing the state of South Dakota and representing you on this. What are they telling you? Where can you get an emergency injunction? Now it's April 30th. You don't have a whole lot of time, especially when you're talking about working its way through a court system. We don't. When they denied us the permits that were supposed to be allocated to us because of the memorandum of agreement is when we started working on what our options were. We have filed the lawsuit today. We're going to push it as fast as we can, but obviously we're dealing with the court system. You know, I I believe that We've got a tough challenge in front of us, but this is the option that we have. We've already, we can prove that we've done the environmental studies, that we've, studies have found that there's no significant impact on the surrounding environment. We have a go, no go wildland fire and forest fire checklist that there's all kinds of entities, local, state, and federal, that can declare if there's any fire risk, that the checklist doesn't get met, then we don't blow the fireworks up until a couple of hours before the event. We have consulted with our tribes. We have gone through all of the COVID protocols that they have asked us to do. There really is no reason they could have pulled this show from us other than being political or being punitive to the state of South Dakota. So that is Could I be a little bit of a, I don't know, I'm sure it will be viewed as radical. What if you did it anyway? What if you just did it? Well, it's a little difficult because it's surrounded by Forest Service land, which is federal property, and it's a national park. So it's a little difficult for the state to get access out there and launch the fireworks from where we typically do in a way that would be safe. I've been looking around the surrounding area to see how we could 
celebrate and have a fireworks show. Obviously, all the communities throughout the Black Hills have their own fireworks show, shows, and so, you know, having fireworks and the technology that's utilized today and still protecting the forest is, is possible. It happens every single year. They're just I've, I've seen videos. I haven't been to it. and I Well, I've been to Mount Rushmore, but not for the fireworks display, but I've seen videos of the fireworks display at Mount Rushmore. There's nothing better. Oh, no, it's it's amazing. And I think actually, Sean, last year, it was a moment of unification for our country. It was a challenging year, a, a year that people were filled with a lot of fear and division. That was right when all the riots were starting and happening across the country. And we all paused for an evening and talked about the greatness of America and its founding leaders that led us through challenging times, and we are better for it today. So I think it can be a moment where the entire country can come together and talk about our shared ideals. Um, but if the Biden administration chooses to continue to be divisive and keep us from doing that, then it's going to take governors like myself to go after them and try to get equal treatment at least. Well, I, I hope that you're able to get this expedited. I'd, I'd love to see this happen uh, for the state and for the people of South Dakota and people from around the country who might want to attend uh, if it was a little closer, I'd like to attend myself. I w- I'd love to see that. Um, I noticed a tweet that you had put out, and it was in reaction to the article about, and I mentioned it earlier, 200 Seattle police officers quit citing the anti-police climate out in Seattle. The, the number of retirements and police officers quitting in New York City is unprecedented. We've never had this 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 level of attrition in new york as we're seeing before us but that's after a billion dollar cut to the police budget and the defund effort and dismantle effort and yeah it's become a hostile environment for police officers so you sent out a tweet to these 200 seattle police officers saying i invite each and every one of these officers to apply for a career in south dakota we respect the work that you do to keep people safe We'll always stand with you. We won't defund you. We'll have your back. Thank you for having ours. And I was pretty impressed with that. And I'm I'm kind of betting that that might work. Well, it already has, Sean. Last year, when those riots started breaking out in many of our cities, I in South Dakota launched a national recruitment campaign for law enforcement officers, told them that if they wanted to live in a state that respected them and appreciated them, that we wanted them to move here and be a part of of our lives. We got hundreds and hundreds of applications from 41 different states, and those law enforcement officers moved to South Dakota, filled our security positions, are part of our highway patrol, our local sheriff's offices. And this was just another tweet today uh, where I again told my team, let's do another campaign letting every single law enforcement officer in this country know that if they want a new home and they want to be somewhere where people are thankful for their service, let's tell them that we want their home to be in South Dakota. You know, it's very, very interesting. Um, I, I, and I think it's fascinating. It's very much part of the strategy. When I, I, I got to know Governor Jindal, Governor Rick Scott, Governor Rick Perry really well, because they were up in New York all the time enticing businesses to move to their respective states and they did so successfully. And every time they stopped by, they'd either come on TV or radio. So I got to see them and got to know them, became good friends with all of them. And uh, I see that outreach in your case. I think it may pay dividends. Probably you can entice a lot of businesses to move out there as well. Uh, your name is mentioned quite often 
along with uh, Governor DeSantis, along with Mike Pompeo, uh, Nikki Haley, and a group of people that potentially, if Donald Trump didn't run in 2024, that would consider running for president. Have you thought about it? No, I'm focused on South Dakota. You know, Sean, we have thousands and thousands of people moving to our state right now, hundreds and hundreds of businesses. South Dakota has the fastest-growing GDP rate in the nation. The next closest is Texas at 7.5%. South Dakota's is 9.9% right now. We have historic revenues. We're growing like we've never grown before. I said when I ran for governor that I wanted South Dakota to be an example to the nation, and that's exactly what we're going to continue to do and what my job is while I'm here. And I love the people here, and I'm, I'm incredibly blessed that we had the chance to to do this job and, and be successful, adhering to our conservative principles and showing that it can be successful. It's amazing when you compare the, the uh, a year out now, the, the draconian shutdown states to the states that remained open and never, never put these dramatic shutdowns in, in place and how much better off the people were in, in those red states, including yours in South Dakota. Uh, Governor, we love having you on. Thank you for being with us. All the best. We're going to watch this closely. If there's anything we could do to help, I'd, I'd love to do it. I think it belongs uh, at Mount Rushmore, and you ought to be able to have that fireworks display. You've jumped through every hoop possible. And uh, to me, it's just punitive partisan politics behind this, and I hope you're successful in the courts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody, your friend Sean Hannity here with a message that is all about your safety. Now, when it comes to protecting yourself, your loved ones, well, it's not about having a firearm. It's about understanding the continuum of force philosophy. Now, picture this. A situation arises where you or a loved one are threatened. Now, instinct may drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. Now, what if there was a way to effectively defend yourself, de-escalate a situation, without the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter Burner, B-Y-R-N-A. It is the less lethal pistol launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate attackers for up to 40 minutes. Burner is legal in all 50 states. No background check is required and can be shipped right to your door. Now, Burner is proudly American, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner.com slash Hannity. Right now, you'll get 10% off. That's B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Hannity. Imagine a society with a digital dollar and no cash. No tooth fairy or piggy banks. No more selling extra items for cash. A digital dollar means your life could depend on the Internet, electricity, and people you don't know. Plus, it means every penny you have could all be tracked. So goodbye to privacy. 
That's why thousands of Americans have decided to opt out of the government's plans by talking to GoldCo and putting a portion of their savings into physical gold and silver, including Sean Hannity. Sean has personally bought medals from the top-rated company, GoldCo, who has an excellent reputation. They've placed over $2 billion in gold and silver, and right now they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. So call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD to learn how you could get started today. Tell them Hannity sent you and see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in bonus silver. Call Gold Co. at 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. Linda, you okay in there? Just checking. How are things back in New York? All right? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking to me? No, I'm not, actually. Uh-huh. That's not a good time. <laughs> well, you're not going to get an In-N-Out burger. That's all I can say. I haven't had my oh, In-N-Out my burger Oh, my God. Yet. Cry me a river. I'm t- oh, I got double-double, man. Oh, animal Does it style? come with a Amazing. toy? No, it doesn't come with a toy, you <laughs> jackass. That was actually you very know, funny. It actually was pretty funny. Poor Liam. Can we get him a, a, a happy meal so he can be happy? Oh, he won't be able to eat anyway. He's got his mask on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a guy actually that got thrown off a plane and got in trouble because he was eating... And he took the mask down just to take a bite of food. He got in trouble. Yeah, you can keep your All peanuts. Right. All right, simple man, Leonard Skinner. That can only mean one thing. That's all things Bill O'Reilly and BillOReilly.com. Although we are making an alteration today. We got a big change. I want to say to all of you gathered here today that let it be known that I will not break the agreement that we came into a court today. But I say this, if, should some, if something should befall my son Michael, if he has an accident, something, something terrible happens, I will hold all of you accountable. So I was very worried in the lead up to today's interview with Bill O'Reilly. The release of his book is out today. We have it on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com, BillOReilly.com. It's on, in bookstores now everywhere. There were rumors that his latest in the killing series was going to be killing Hannity. But apparent thing, it's killing the mob. Hey, Bill, you're writing a book about the mob. They may come and kill you. What are you thinking about this? You know, the mob still is in existence. If they kill me, Hannity, you are to do three (laughs) hours of tribute on this program (laughs) and tell everybody how great I am and how courageous I am. <laughs> who is who is doing to... Don Corleone? Who is the imitator there? Did, was that you doing that? That was me. Yeah, I do a lot of imitations. What? Do you know I, that little about me after twenty five years? Yeah, what do you I mean, you that could, was you because it, in the end he goes, then I will hold everyone in this room accountable. I'm I'm actually fascinated by the mob. I've I've watched every single show there is. I I love Goodfellas. I love the Godfather series. I love Casino. I like all these mob movies like you do, like you do. And and I'm fascinated that it exists. And I have a reason that I'm going to get to. But why don't you just give an overall, because the fight against organized crime was successful in many ways, but the mob in some form still exists today, correct? Yes. They adapted. So I wrote this book because just like you and me, most Americans have a a, uh, view of organized crime formulated by the movies and television. 
So Bonnie and Clyde, Warren Beatty, and Faye Dunaway. Wow, look at how glamorous they are. Look at how charismatic they are. In reality, Bonnie and Clyde were the lowest of the low. They would shoot children. That's how bad they were. Same thing with Don Corleone. Marlon Brando is such a brilliant actor that he invoked empathy for the godfather who slaughtered hundreds of people. The Corleone family was based on a real family. Uh, Mario Puzo wrote the, wrote the novel. So what I want to do is basically in this book tell you who organized crime really is. They are all evil across the board. How they acquired massive power between 1946 and 62. Organized crime, the mafia, was the most powerful entity in the United States of America, more powerful than Congress, any corporation, any law enforcement agency. How did that happen? The two most famous fights of all time, Sonny Liston, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, were fixed. They were fixed. Now, Bill O'Reilly, let me predict, by the way, because everything you do in your life is controversial. By you saying Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston was fixed, and you even mentioning the mob, people are going to say, all right, Bill O'Reilly, you're saying that about Muhammad Ali. All right, O'Reilly, you're saying this about Italian-Americans. Now, no, you're talking about people in the mob. You're not talking about a group of people. Ali didn't How even do you know, know the fight was fixed. Ali and, uh, had no idea that those fights were fixed. Liston, I never heard this story before. Course, Go yeah, ahead, I'm interested. That's what we do. This is the 10th Killing Book, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. 18 million copies of Killing Books in print. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But we name the names, the dates. We back up everything we say about Sonny Liston and what he did. But here's the key. In the second fight, when Cassius Clay had turned, changed his name to Muhammad Ali, it was in Maine. The fight was in Maine, Lewiston, Maine. Why? Because the Boston Garden wouldn't accept the fight. The Massachusetts Boxing Commission said, we're not going to take this fight because the first one was thrown. They knew it. So you go from 17,000 seats in Boston Garden to 2,500 seats in Lewiston, Maine. How could that happen? The mob had huge money on Liston to lose both fights. Listen, was a seven to one favorite in the first fight in Miami, and the mob laid so, millions on him. You can imagine the money they made. But here's the kicker on this, because I know you're you're a fight fan. When Muhammad Ali walked back to his corner after the first round knockout of Sonny Liston in 1965 in Lewiston, Maine, he said to Bundini Brown, his corner man, "Did I hit him? He, Ali wow. didn't even hit him." And Liston went down. You know, I, I've been a fight fan, and I, I, I guess I caught up with really my passion for, like, Ali and Frazier and Foreman and Norton and those guys. I honestly had never heard that this, the fight was fixed. Is this, I, I mean, is this something that is controversial in the book, or is this something that's widely known and nobody talks about because I don't remember ever reading it before? Sports Illustrated did a big takeout on it. Uh, about right. 10 years after the fight, but our information that we have is new, but it's irrefutable. It comes from Sonny Liston's mother and his brother. 
And then Sonny Liston subsequently wound up dead in Vegas, and they said it was a heroin overdose, but he never took heroin. So the mother and, and brother, wait a minute, corroborated with you and Martin Dugard on this book, and they're the ones that told you that Sonny took a dive on that fight? I'm not going to tell you anymore. you got to read the book. But it's right, right. there. O'Reilly, I just, I just got the right book. I'm asking. Okay, in the portion of the book, Sonny Liston is on the phone with his mother after he gets knocked out in the first fight. And his mother said, baby, what happened? Listen, quote, I did what they told me to do, unquote. We got it from his brother, who was on the call. Wow. I mean, to me, that now that makes me want to read the book because I want to know more about that. Yeah. But so that's how influential the mob was. Now, the mob, though, as you look at its evolution, you know, there are a lot of issues that come up that I am aware of. That fascinate me. Like, for example, to get John Gotti, you you flip Sammy the Bull Gravano, you offer Sammy the Bull, I think he had killed 19 or 20 people, and you say, we're going to put you in the witness protection program, not send you to jail, something of great value. It's called your freedom just to get just to get uh, uh, John Gotti, which worked. But the problem I have with that is a guy that's a murderer that you're given a free pass to. Um, I'm I'm believing that he'd probably say anything you want him to say to stay out of jail. Absolutely, but they had taps on him. The turning point in the mob was the mob ran wild from 1946 to 62 because J. Edgar Hoover would not investigate organized crime. Why? According to Lucky Luciano's diaries, which we have, Luciano says that they had stuff on Hoover. Hoover was a known gambler, played the ponies, and he was gay. And Luciano says, he's not going to be a problem for us. We have him. That's lucky Luciano. Now, I don't know what they had. I couldn't find it. I tried. I couldn't. But then Bobby Kennedy became attorney general. All right? And he went after the mob with a ferocity that has never been seen before. And then after that, as you know, they passed the RICO laws, where they could tap like crazy, wiretap, organized crime. That's what really got Gotti. They got Gotti in the Bergen Fish Club in New York City on tape. They had wired the whole place, talking about all kinds of crimes. Gravano was a sideshow on it. They had, you don't convict on a, on a snitch. You've got to have something else. All right? And they but, had him on a wire. Then, now, the then Rico, if, they, if they had the, the wire, statute, why did they need the... Well, wait, because they wait, needed, they needed get, to corroborate. You've got to corroborate. Okay. All right? Okay. So the RICO statute said if you even talk about a crime... We can charge you with conspiracy, a felony, and send you away for a long time. That changed everything. So the mob today, if you want to get into it in a little while, has, is now different than it was. But Gotti was caught on a tape, and they brought in the uh, snitch to reinforce that he, did, he actually did all these things that he was talking about. So that's how that happened. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody, your friend Sean Hannity here with a message that is all about your safety. Now, when it comes to protecting yourself, your loved ones, well, it's not about having a firearm. It's about understanding the continuum of force philosophy. Now, picture this. A situation arises where you or a loved one are threatened. Now, instinct may drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. Now, what if there was a way to effectively defend yourself, de-escalate a situation, without the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter Burner, B-Y-R-N-A. It is the less lethal pistol launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate attackers for up to 40 minutes. Burner is legal in all 50 states. No background check is required and can be shipped right to your door. Now, Burner is proudly American, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner.com slash Hannity. Right now, you'll get 10% off. That's B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Hannity. The world is becoming more and more unstable by the day, and many Americans are not waiting around to find out how bad it could get. They're making the decision to diversify their wealth with precious metals like gold and silver, and they're turning to the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. GoldCo is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with over 5,000 five-star reviews, and they've helped thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice, and right now they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. But it's first come, first served, and only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how you could get started today. You may qualify for up to $10,000 in bonus silver, so don't wait. Don't let this chaotic world get in the way of your goals. Go to HannityGold.com. That's HannityGold.com. HannityGold.com. All right, more with uh, Bill O'Reilly, his brand-new book just out today. Amazon.com, Hannity.com, BillOReilly.com, bookstores everywhere. Killing the Mob, the Fight Against Organized Crime in America. Explain to people that don't know. By the way, so people understand where Bill O'Reilly's coming from on this. I shouldn't say this. You'll probably get robbed tomorrow. Um, if you go to Bill O'Reilly, one of his many mansions, where he says he cuts his own lawn and he's lying through his teeth. But when you go to Bill O'Reilly's house, it's like you're going through a museum. You have a passion for history, and you spend a lot of money buying authentic historical letters and photos and, and all sorts of things. And it's, it's like a mini museum at your house. Well, it's all because we only use primary sources in our books. And so if I can get an original letter written by somebody, I'm going to get it. And um, because that's how you report history. I'm a reporter and a historian. And so when we write Killing the Mob, this isn't stories that we heard from somebody or, you know, something like that. We go and we find the things. That's why you mentioned killing Reagan. Yeah, they complained about uh, what I wrote about Ronald Reagan. It was 100 percent true. It was absolutely 100 percent true. They didn't well, like nobody, it. nobody sued you, so I guess no, you know, no, you might and have... they couldn't. They, we can back up everything you said, but when I see something, all right, and it doesn't have to be famous. It can be you know somebody who was there and who wrote a letter extemporaneously there. 
and I, and I get a hold of it. So we have eyewitnesses to what we write about, which is why killing the mob is so darn compelling. Now, I'm going to tell you another story that you're going to love in this book. Remember I Love Lucy? Remember of course. That? Okay. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. Well, Ricky was almost whacked by the mob. His name was Desi Arnaz. He was Lucille Ball's husband, but he was a huge producer in Hollywood. He put out a show called The Untouchables, where Elliot Ness, the feds, going after Al Capone and all the Italian gangsters. Well, Sam Giancana, the real Italian gangster, the godfather of Chicago, sends Arnaz a note, all right, through Sidney Korshak. Korshak controlled all of Hollywood. The mob controlled all the film industry back then and said, hey, Desi. We don't want to see any more Italian gangsters in the Untouchables. Where Desi turns around, what's a wise guy note back to Giancana, says, what do you want to mean to make them, Jews? That day, Giancana puts a contract out to kill Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball's husband. Wow. Does anybody know that? that? No. Because we, I never heard it. We investigated Giancana who was a linchpin of the 1960 election in Illinois that was thrown to JFK by the mob. He did it. I so mean, what's, what, is your, what, what is the proof you put in the book that backs that claim, all, all this story up? Because, again, I've not heard this one either. The RNS thing? Yeah. Oh, we have it down. We have the, all, the, all the testimony that was given about Desi Arnaz, and Desi knew he was going to get hit. And how he was saved is the backup for the story. And I'm not going to tell you how he was saved because I want you to read the book, Kennedy. You know, this is so annoying. We get right to the precipice of, of you know, the crescendo to a great story that you discovered that nobody had heard about before. And then you then you just pull a Bill O'Reilly on us and you don't tell us. And then you try to make the argument that Wait. you're a simple man, which which proves my point oh. that you're not simple. That Hold is a complicated <laughs> strategy to get Wait people to buy Hold killing it. the mob. Hold it. Yeah. I'm supposed to give you 300 pages of stuff that I broke my back to find out for free? I, I'm telling you the story because well, I want you to well, read the book. <laughs> uh, well, if you would have sent it to me earlier, I would have had time. All right, listen, now, Bill O'Reilly, he's going to— Thank you. We sent it to you uh, months before. I— I bet I give more money to my mailman at Christmas time than you give to yours. Let's put that it doesn't that mean you hey. can't buy love. Didn't you hear that Beatles song? <laughs> money can't buy you love. Come on. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody, your friend Sean Hannity here with a message that is all about your safety. Now, when it comes to protecting yourself, your loved ones, well, it's not about having a firearm. It's about understanding the continuum of force philosophy. Now, picture this. 
a situation arises where you or a loved one are threatened. Now, instinct may drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. Now, what if there was a way to effectively defend yourself, de-escalate a situation without the irreversible consequences of deadly force? Enter Burner, B-Y-R-N-A. It is the less lethal pistol launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate attackers for up to 40 minutes. Burner is legal in all 50 states. No background check is required and can be shipped right to your door. Now, Burner is proudly American, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner.com slash Hannity. Right now, you'll get 10% off. That's B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Hannity. With everything going on in the world today, the war, the inflation, the geopolitical tensions, $33 trillion in national debt, it's no wonder people are looking to diversify their savings with gold and silver. But who does Sean Hannity choose for his gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Gold Co. is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with over 5,000 five-star reviews, and they've helped thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver for Sean Hannity listeners. But it's first come, first served, and only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how you could get started today. You may qualify for up to $10,000 in bonus silver, so don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com. That's HannityGold.com. HannityGold.com. I want to tell all Sean Hannity fans out there, Killing the Mob is going to result in a new book, Killing O'Reilly. Anyway, Bill O'Reilly's new book is out today, Killing the Mob. All things O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com, Amazon.com, uh, bookstores everywhere. You know, look, I don't have a fear of anybody in my life. I just don't live my life in fear. Um, and there have been a few brave people. You mentioned Bobby Kennedy. He went after the mob with a vengeance. Another person that did that was Rudy Giuliani. Yep. And, you know, I would argue that probably there are still a lot of mob people and and I wouldn't even talk about the the top echelon but the the ones at the lower level the wannabes the ones that maybe want points within the organization as it currently is configured or exists very different than what it used to be which I know you agree with um that they may not like what you say in this book does that concern you no, not really. I mean, this is a history book. Um, I don't think that there's any contemporized um, annoyance for criminals in the book. They know what happened. In fact, they might like the book because I tie it all together. I mean, the genesis of organized crime in America happened when George Patton invaded Sicily in World War II. Did you know that? I did not. Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Dwight Eisenhower made a deal with the people who controlled Sicily for centuries, the Mafia. The Mafia conducted sabotage and other things to disrupt the Germans and then gave Patton, the Third Army, where they should land and what they should do. In return, after the war, the U.S. government allowed a bunch of Sicilians into the United States. And they flooded into New York and Philadelphia, took over the unions, which they already had their hooks in, and that's where it all began. And no one knows it. I didn't know it when I wrote the book Killing Patton. And we only uncovered that 
for this book. And the mafia really helped U.S. forces invade Sicily. It's an amazing story. You know, when you look at, for example, what is the mob known for? Running the numbers, right? Um, they're known for gambling, um, and prostitution, loan sharking, quote, protection for companies, et cetera, et cetera. Why can't Bill O'Reilly start his own lotto? Because the government has a monopoly on it. Why can't um, Bill O'Reilly sell weed like New York is about to and Colorado allows and many other states are now al- allowing? Um, why can't you, you, you get the point here? It's yeah, like all these Vice things that government said. Vice has by been government. taken over, right, by uh, the state and federal governments. But but it's beyond that. The organized crime elements now have franchised out. So the violence you see in Chicago and New York and Los Angeles, the the horrific murder and shootings, they're done primarily by drug gangs. Those drug gangs are allowed to operate because organized crime tells them they can. And every month they have to pay the mafia, the mob, the Casa Nostra, whatever you want to call it, in their city, vig, all right, tribute, a lot of money. So the organized crime chieftains never see the drugs, but make all their money now on drugs. Narcotics is a billion-dollar industry, and the organized criminals are actually directing it but the drug gangs are selling it. That's the difference. It used to be in the French Connection days that the organized criminals would actually move the heroin from Marseille, France. They don't even see it now. They but franchise was, it out. Wasn't, wasn't there a struggle? And and this has been this was chronicled, for example, in the Godfather movie, and I I think it was accurate um, that the the five families, for example, that there was a conflict. That there were some families and some that monsters didn't want that, to sell drugs. They didn't Absolutely. want to sell drugs. And we have that scene. It took place in Havana in 1958. And Lu- Lucky Luciano was the man. He was deported from the USA, but he took over Cuba. The guy who wanted to start the narcotics traffic was Vito Genovese, perhaps the most evil person ever to live in the United States in the history of this country. Vito Genovese. You don't get more evil than hate. And he demanded that all the families start the narcotics traffic, and he would be in charge of it in New York. That happened. And that was the movement into narcotics where we are seeing unbelievable profits to organized crime today. How much time we got left? Do we have, I want to tell you. No, we have, yeah, we do. We have a lot of time. Go ahead. All right. Who do you think organized crime likes best in the political arena in America today? Take a guess. Sean, Han- Sean Hannity. No, not you. An elected politician. <laughs> Who's their oh, favorite elected politician? I hope Donald Trump. I hope they're voting Republican. Joe Biden. Of course. Organized crime loves President Biden, and President Biden has no blanking clue why. When Biden lifted all the restrictions on the southern border with Mexico, it resulted in 100 days in hundreds of thousands of migrants coming to this country, as you and I have documented, well documented. The Border Patrol and federal authorities down there now have to spend all of their time 
with the migrants, regulating the migrants, getting them into shelters, getting them into cities, all of that. What suffers when all of the Border Patrol and all of the federal agents down there are occupied with migrants? What suffers? Wide open for the cartels, the human traffickers, the drug traffickers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So drug interdiction is put on the shelf. Right now, there are more narcotics coming into America from Mexico than at any other time in history. Fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, um, they don't even bother with marijuana anymore, methamphetamine. The organized crime families in America have a deal with the Mexican cartels. You know what that deal is? The Drug deal smuggling. Is this. The deal is this. The Mexican cartels cannot operate in America. They're not here, anywhere. But they are in charge of manufacturing and smuggling narcotics, hard drugs, into the USA. Once they get here, then they're distributed to all the cities around the country by these franchise outfits. The organized crime mob, mafia, whatever you want to call it, oversees all of that, put that together. And now they got more product than they've ever had before because of President Biden's executive order. How about that? So you go through the period of, of the mob, uh, the, the 20th century, uh, some of the most notorious serial robbers, con men, mob families, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and you mentioned names earlier during the Depression for example, or, or Prohibition era. You, can, you, you talk a lot about that. Bonnie and Clyde, Pretty Boy Floyd, Babyface, Nelson, the Five Families, etc. But, but the book is Killing the Mob, the Fight Against Organized Crime in America. Their power has waned somewhat significantly over the years, but has it? In other words, are they just more successful at staying below the radar now that the real money seems to be in drugs which, by the way, is killing 300 Americans uh, a minimum, of either a day or a week. I mean, yeah. it's killing thousands of Americans every year because of the insidious addiction, addictive qualities. Well, you're asking a very good question, a very interesting question. So the mob's making more money now than they've ever made. But they don't have the influence they used to have. So between 46 and 62... Organized crime control politicians, police agencies, uh, they compromised J. Edgar Hoover. Um, they were running the show. The movies that you saw, mob. The records you heard on the radio, mob. It was unbelievable how much power they had. That's gone because of Bobby Kennedy and then subsequently the RICO statutes, which Rudy Giuliani used to put away a lot of New York gangsters. Okay, So they adapted. They basically are a one-trick pony industry, drugs. They don't need the vice anymore. They don't need the gambling anymore. It's too much legalized gambling now. Yeah, there's some soprano lowlifes that are taking bets, bookies and stuff like that. There's MS-13 and Salvadoran gang shaking down people. But the big boys don't even bother with that anymore. They're all businessmen. They live in Westchester. They live in the Hamptons. They have big mansions. And they get paid big tributes from the guys who are actually doing the crimes. That's how it works down. So the mob traditionally was killed, but now it's a quasi-industry in a different way. And that's the saga we tell in the book. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody, your friend Sean Hannity here with a message that is all about your safety. Now, when it comes to protecting yourself, your loved ones, well, it's not about having a firearm. It's about understanding the continuum of force philosophy. Now, picture this. A situation arises where you or a loved one are threatened. Now, instinct may drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. Now, what if there was a way to effectively defend yourself, de-escalate a situation, without the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter Burner, B-Y-R-N-A. It is the less lethal pistol launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate attackers for up to 40 minutes. Burner is legal in all 50 states. No background check is required and can be shipped right to your door. Now, Burner is proudly American, manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner.com slash Hannity. Right now, you'll get 10% off. That's B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Hannity. With everything going on in the world today, the war, the inflation, the geopolitical tensions, $33 trillion in national debt, it's no wonder people are looking to diversify their savings with gold and silver. But who does Sean Hannity choose for his gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Gold Co. is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with over 5,000 five-star reviews, and they've helped thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver for Sean Hannity listeners. But it's first come, first served, and only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how you could get started today. You may qualify for up to $10,000 in bonus silver, so don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com. That's HannityGold.com. HannityGold.com. Hey, more with Bill O'Reilly. We're in California today for my interview tonight with Caitlyn Jenner, Killing the Mob, the Fight Against Organized Crime in America. You also talk about, you know, the Irish had connection to mobs, too. They had their own mobs. Yeah, uh, the, you're talking about the Boston Whitey Bulger Winter Hill Gang. Um, right. But that, they were local guys. Whitey Bulger was a local punk. All right, he didn't have any, any national implications. I mean, we all knew what Whitey was up to in Southie. But um, now you have, you have an industry. It's an industry. Narcotics is an industry in this country. The appetite for it, the, how many people are, in, are buying these illegal drugs. I tell people, every time you buy a drug, you're helping organized crime in the Mexican cartels. Don't you understand that? I mean, you're building their power base. But the federal government, you know, they get them. They're after them. The DEA does a good job. But they're outmanned or overwhelmed. And now we have, from Barack Obama, 
a direct quote, drug dealing is not a violent crime. You, ha- you know how much that helped? Organized crime, the mob and the cartels, an American president saying that selling heroin to 16-year-olds isn't a violent act? And we need it's, fewer penalties for it. Oh my! Well, you know what the you know what the strategy has been is they're purposely putting in inexpensive doses into uh, small towns and cities. Ohio, there's a number of cities that are, are perfect examples, creating the demand and the addiction, resulting in massive profits. They almost are investing in monies into getting people to try these drugs, and Absolutely. once they try them, then. For example, if a kid's using grandma, grandpa's uh, Oxycontin or Percocet or Vicodin, next thing you know, they can't get it, and it's eighty dollars a pill on, on the street. Uh, but here's a ten dollar bag of heroin, and it's a quote bigger high. They go to heroin. Once they go down that road, it's it's over. It's done. It has devastated small town America. And I will tell everybody listening to us today, Hannity, if you take fentanyl, you're going to die. Done. You're going to die. You're going to die. Your life's it's not, over. It's not if, it's when. So if you want to hurt Bill, your parents, your, your wife, they lace, your children, I mean, I can't even fathom it. Bill, they lace other drugs with fentanyl. They're putting it in every drug. You don't know. And then they have this practice of a hot shot. Whatever the brand name happens to be of whatever heroin they're selling or whatever drug they're selling, they will purposely make a hot shot that'll guarantee to either kill somebody or put them in the hospital, uh, and either they get emergency, what is it, Narcan, or they die. And then for some sick, twisted reason, then people on the str- street are thinking, oh, I got to get that drug because that's, that's more pure. That, that's more powerful. That's how dark, evil, and insidious this gets. You bet. And people should know how evil these people are, how much destruction they do. Yeah, you can watch American Gangster with Denzel Washington, and he's so charismatic, and he's such a good actor that you like him. And, and yeah, but, that's true. Great movie. What, he's a great actor. Right. But what, what are they really doing? And, and what is the federal government doing to stop it? All right, I want to say to all my audience here that Bill O'Reilly's new book, Killing the Mob, is going to end with Bill O'Reilly killing the mob, the fight against organized crime in America. I highly suggest you get it. BillOReilly.com, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, and bookstores everywhere. And if you don't get it, I'm going to get you. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, it's called Killing the Mob, BillOReilly.com. Thank you, my friend. All right, always a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. I have been friends with Bo Snurdly, better known as, uh, well, James Golden is his real name. And Bo Snurdly was the name that Rush gave him on air. Uh, he was with Rush Limbaugh for nearly all 33 years of the Rush Limbaugh show. Now, our syndicated, our partners in radio, or Premier Radio Networks and iHeart, and uh, they, along with the EIB Network, they are now launching a new original, limited original podcast series, Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB microphone. It's a 12-episode series. It's narrated by my good friend, and he's been a good friend all these years, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. It launches, uh, it launched yesterday. It's on demand. You can take it anytime you want. And it is the behind the scenes. 
Here's the trailer. Whether the news was good, this is the happiest and the most optimist, optimist presentation. Or if it was bad, it is popping. All kinds of things happening. In the middle of your day, he would be there. The fastest three hours in media, Rush Limbaugh having more fun than a human being should be allowed to have. 33 years. Instructing, teaching, informing. 33 years of telling the truth. I think I just happen to be saying what a whole lot of people think but don't have a chance to say themselves. Of triumph. The Presidential Medal of Freedom, the State of the Union Address to Rush Limbaugh. And now, tribute. The man who has literally paved the talk way. Talk radio icon Rush Limbaugh died today. Losing his battle with lung cancer. There is no talk radio without Rush Limbaugh. 33 years of excellence in broadcasting. People don't remember what you say. Too many words flying around it, but they never forget how you make them feel. This is Rush from the very beginning. Three hours of broadcast excellence straight ahead. Great to have you. Until now. So I have to tell you something today that I wish I didn't have to tell you. And it's it's a struggle for me because I I had to inform my staff earlier today. I have been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. This podcast takes you behind the golden EIB microphone with those who knew him best and loved him the most. And then Rush, being Rush, apologized to us. He said, I'm sorry I let you down. And I let out an involuntary scream, no. Hosted by James Golden, who you might know better as Bo Snurdly. Rush made no secret about it. He said it, and it was jest, but it wasn't. I was born to host, and you were born to listen. And until the very end, that was Rush Limbaugh, born to host with talent on loan from God. This is the definitive story of Rush, with special guests and stories never before heard. Whether it happened on the air or behind the scenes, he was simply Rush. It has been one of the biggest blessings to be able to tell you the entire story. Talent on loan. And they are all but memories now. I mean, they really just seem like they happened yesterday. Coming soon to iHeartRadio or wherever you download your podcasts. And that podcast now, you can download it. We go, it's right on the iHeart uh, app. It's iHeart.com slash apps on iHeartRadio. Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB microphone, uh, hosted by the dear friend of mine for many, many years, uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. You know, it's hard for me. I'm just listening to all of that, and it's it's like I I still haven't fully grasped that he's not with us anymore. Does that make any sense? Of course it does, Sean. I'm listening to it with you, and believe it or not, my eyes are teary again. Even though I've heard I've heard this trailer, you know, at this point, dozens of times, but just it it just still hurts, and it still seems to be uh, quite unreal. You know, it was a particularly hard time in your life, and I don't know if you want me to share this or not. Um, you can. But you lost your mom within a week after losing Rush. Three days later. Oh, and and just man. let me say something too, because you said you you tell people you're good friends, and they and people, yeah, yeah, good friends. People say those words all the time. No, Sean Hannity is not just a good friend. He, he's a dear friend. He's an everything friend because throughout this whole process. 
from the time that Rush made his announcement till the time that Rush passed. And then, uh, as Sean just mentioned, my mom passed three days later. Sean Hannity was on the phone with me so much, just making sure I was okay, checking to see not just me, how the rest of our staff was doing. He called other members of our staff. Sean, and, and Sean, I guess you will never know how much all of that meant to me and how much it means to all of us to for the love coming from you. Well, and, and it was all through the process. And Sean, it just meant so much. You know what the amazing thing is, is that when when I came to New York to work on Fox in 1996 and then worked at WABC in New York, uh, we, we refer to it affectionately here as the ex-wife at this point, but that's a fun, just a, a side note from the old points. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, I remember going into, for the first time, the control room. Rush was doing his show, and I knew you, and I knew Mike Mamone, and I knew Kit Carson. And Kit, if, if Kit wanted to throw you out, he'd throw you out in two seconds, but we all seemed to get along pretty well. That was like the smoking center for cigars and everybody and all things going on that you're not allowed to do anyway. But and and then I realized very quickly that there was always a show going on behind the show. And that was you basically telling people to go F off and arguing with people at the top of your lungs that you were screening calls with, I'd never seen anything like it. Cause I, I was kind of always brought up in the tradition that our listeners, it's they're, they're like your customers. You got to serve them. And meanwhile, you're slamming down phones, telling them to drop dead. I mean, it was, if I could ever run those shows, it would be, uh, that would be a, a story in and of itself. Well, you know what? I've mellowed over the years, but... <laughs> no, but by the but way, no, you have not. You haven't oh. mellowed at all. <laughs> That's not true. Oh, uh, well, let me, let me ask you this. Okay. So this incredible journey with this unique, incredible performer, passionate, patriot, unbelievable human being, generosity, beyond comprehension, you know, talk about the big picture. And, and you also, you, you, you say in this, because I've had a sneak peek of it, the, the only blessing greater than working with Rush was knowing the man that he truly was. It was not only my honor, but my duty to help ensure his legacy is properly acknowledged. And, and that's why, you know, I'm so glad you got to do this. And I mean every word of that. You know, Rush, all the things that you just mentioned, his generosity, his incredible professionalism, his wit, his intellect, oh yeah, all that is great. All that is wonderful. And the whole professional life that he had is something that, that most of us in this industry wish we could aspire to to have. And Sean, you, you know, you, you're having a great ride yourself there, buddy. Um, yeah. you know, in radio I'm just waiting and- for somebody to wake up and realize they screwed up and made a mistake. So, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, Rush was Rush was a gentleman, and you know this because you were in there with us. You know, somebody brings him a cup of coffee. What does he say? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Off the air, very quiet. Off the air, always extremely polite. Always so much of a gentleman. So much of a nice guy with respect for everybody that he comes in contact or came in contact with. I mean, this guy, Rush Limbaugh, was just as a, a larger-than-life figure off the air for being 
a great person, a good guy that treated others the way that they should be treated, as he was for everything that he did in radio, which will live on and on for generations. As he made that announcement that day, and I want to talk about that day in a minute, but one of the things as after the announcement that he had advanced stage four lung cancer, you know, I started reading. I'm sure you did, too. Right. We all we all go to the Internet and we think, you know, check out what Dr. Google had to say. And there was there was not much good at all in that diagnosis. Um, and there was little hope. There was little. You know, I tried to pull out whatever I could find that that gave me some hope, um, as I'm sure you did. Um but the what was the amazing thing to me is, you know, I don't know if you've seen the the movie The Bucket List with Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. It's I a have. Great movie. I have seen that. And here's Rush. When they when you get chemo the way he was getting it, they they half kill you in the hopes to either save you or or buy you more time than you otherwise would have had. That's what that's what chemo does. And I think one day we'll look back as our treatments of, of cancer as barbaric and we'll have it advanced so far medically. That's what I believe. But he's going through it. What was Russia's bucket list? It wasn't wasn't to travel the world. He, he knew that his time was likely over and it's just a matter of how much time. And he'd be Russia. many days sick as a dog after being treated. His bucket list was to get back up behind the golden EIB mic and be with his audience. That's exactly right. Russia's bucket list this final year, the final year that he spent with us, and Sean, it was as difficult as you say, and even more. There were, and, and here's the amazing thing about it: when the mic came on, even after he came back from his treatments and he was going through it, he was going through all of the effects of the chemo. When the microphone came on, you couldn't tell his energy was the same level as if he were just having a normal show. His enthusiasm, his drive, all of that was the same. It was, he was robust. It was just, if you were listening, you could not tell that you were listening to someone that was fighting and having the major fight of his life to stay alive. What you heard was someone that was just giving it all to his radio show like he did for the entire 33 years this national show was syndicated, and before that, to, to even get there. But after the show, Sean, there were days when we were, the three of us in there, Brian, Dawn, and myself, after the show, when he, he could barely get up some days after the show. He was so weak. He was so exhausted from the energy, and you know this. I mean, if people don't think, and, I, and I'm not saying this, that they should, there's a lot of energy in doing a radio show. There's a lot of focus. There's a lot of energy. And the prep work that it takes to be able to even perform is demanding. And so by the time the show was over, my goodness, he had expended the energy that he had. And, and, and that, he gave it. He left nothing off the field. He gave it his all. And that's what he wanted to do, to be with his audience as long as he could for as many days as he could. Take us back to the day that he told you and Brian and Dawn and the staff and Mike Mamone, and I'm, I'm going to forget everyone's name here, forgive me, that he told you what was going on. Well, it was he went on the air hands, and told America. Yeah, it was an all-hand staff meeting, and we knew immediately. Um, uh, I was on my way to work. When I got the call, we were going to have a meeting, and I knew something was wrong. My stomach immediately got, I had butterflies immediately. Um, because we we didn't have meetings, we didn't have an all we, we 
had maybe one or two in the entire three decades of meetings of, of the entire staff. And those that weren't in Florida were on the phone lines, were on conference lines. And um, so we all knew that something was wrong. Uh, Dawn, in fact, came back. She was on a scheduled vacation day. And, and they, uh, Craig had reached out to her, Craig Kitchen, and had asked her to come back in early from her vacation. So she knew something was wrong. But we, but everyone was trying not to panic. And then, as, as I say, and, and, and I talk about this on the, on the podcast, um, Rush came in and... and at first, you couldn't tell. He didn't look like anything was wrong. He was just stoic. He looked like he had no anxiety. But within minutes, we all knew because that's when he broke the news to us that, that he indeed had this advanced lung, lung cancer. And he did apologize to us, which I still to this day, it's every time I think about that, it still, it still hits me emotionally that he felt the need to do that. Um, and I wish, you know, but that's just who he right. was. I mean, he always felt like, like he was responsible for all of us on the staff and right. it was just oh, an sorry. amazing thing. My, my gut instinct is to hold you over, but I'm going to tell you why I'm not going to do that. And I mean, this is because I want to hear the rest of the story. And that's what this whole series is about. Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the golden EIB mic, 12 episodes, Narrated by our dear friend here, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Uh, very simple. Visit iHeart.com slash apps, and you get to you can download the episodes right now. I assume, is it one at a time, or is, can you get all 12 at once? We're releasing one per week. One per, all right. So you can download the first one today, all right? I will put it up on Hannity.com, iHeart.com slash apps, and you don't want to miss this. James, I love you. You're you're, you're a brother to me. Um, you've been through a, the toughest time ever. We'll be friends for life, and I am, I'm going to be listening to it as well. Thank you, my Thank friend. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.